0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Crash Rhythm's Play It Forward podcast. Um, Maybe you've noticed, and if you haven't, then that's fine as well, but I will uh, tell you now that we are only posting podcast episodes every other week. So um, in lieu of podcast posts, we're going to be posting some uh, videos from the vault, as I like to call it, some old videos, stuff like that, um, shout shoutouts to other companies, just things uh, you know that keep us engaged online, but not podcasts. So expect a podcast every other week from now on. Uh, in this episode, Matt and I talk about something that is super, super important if you are a drummer, if you're learning how to become a drummer, um, just something that really you need in your tool belt. So stay tuned and figure out what that is. Hello everybody and welcome back to another week of Crash Rhythms Play It Forward Podcast. Uh this week we are joined Oh, my name is Hillary. I almost forgot to say that part. That's very important. My name is Hillary. And uh this week we are joined again by Matt. Hello, everyone. Hi, Matt. Welcome back.
1: Thank you for the warm round of applause. I feel so welcomed.
0: Yeah, I'm sure everyone in their cars or wherever are also clapping.
1: Yes, yeah. I Thank think you the to everyone else.
0: Like the claps are just contagious like that.
1: Absolutely, for sure.
0: Yeah, but you oh there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, but you didn't just join in with me. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, how have you been, Matt?
1: Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Not bad. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's been good to um, get outside now that the weather's a little bit nicer. And uh, we're rehearsing in person a little bit with the drum line again. So it's good yeah. to hear some drums in person and all that. It's uh, That
0: nice, uh, clean roll amongst more than one person.
1: <laughs> absolutely, yes. Good to Great hear the sound sounds. of a drum. I've just been playing on pads for the last... I don't know, six months.
0: Yeah, honestly. Yeah. And every time I get to play on my drum set, I'm teaching like kids, and I'll be on the drum set just be like, okay, so just follow me. And then all of a sudden I'm just like, ooh, d do ka da 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 Alright, we're teaching. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I always just kinda like, oh, uh, yeah, ba ba ba. And I'm like, I'm just getting carried away. All right, we're what, doing what, quarter what do? notes today. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like so just like I did. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I, I the sound of like a real drums is just beautiful. Speaking of which what a beautiful segue!
1: What a beautiful segue. Wow,
0: that's amazing. Today, Matt and I are going to be talking about tuning drums. Uh, I, and I, we just want to put this disclaimer at the beginning, that even though I, you know, we both have played drum sets and have put heads on drum sets and tuned drum sets, um, our knowledge comes mostly from the marching percussion world. So we're going to talk about Definitely. both. Um, but we're going to kind of, you know, draw parallels between the two. And a lot of the things that are the case for marching percussion are also the case for drum set. It's just... There's a slight difference, in, in, and you will see why. So first, I'd like for us to start uh, just by explaining. I, I, and if you uh, want a better visual aid on how to tune a drum, um, you can look back to one of our uh, Fun Fact Fridays, and you can see me actually showing you and pointing out the parts of a drum that are actually involved with tuning. Um, that, that was a long time ago. I think I did that one in, like, the fall or the summer. But you can look back and find that if you want an actual visual aid for what we're going to talk about. Um, but in the meantime, we will just tell you the components of a drum that are involved in tuning.
1: Absolutely. How's that sound? Um, that, I don't, sounds Matt, great to like me. To,
0: yeah. You want to get us started, Matt?
1: Um, well, I guess, uh, in order to start tuning a drum, you're going to need a drum key. Yes. Um, and it's not like the kind of key that you'd use to open your door or to start your <laughs> oh, car. <Matthew>. Um, <laughs> it's actually kind of like a, like a ratchet. It's like a four sided square, um, ratchet that, uh, is specialized for, uh, percussion for drums uh, i always
0: kind of describe a drum key as like the a combination between like a wrench and like a wing nut it
1: it, it is absolutely that yeah it's like a wing because it
0: looks like a wing nut it does that's the best way to like if you can think of like what your most basic you know drum key looks like it looks like a large wing nut but then at the bottom like matt said it's got that kind of square kind of like um tool and and that's what we use for not just tuning drums but like all, some of our hardware uses that as well so it's kind of like a a must-have tool in any drummer's tool belt.
1: Absolutely. Um, and, of course, we're going to fit that drum key um, around the, the lugs on the drum. Um, the different drums will have different amount of lugs depending on how large they are. Um, so why don't we start talking about, um, I guess, maybe a, a specific drum that we can sort of visualize sure. here. Um, we're both snare drummers, so why don't we reference a, a snare drum?
0: I can't think of a better drum. (laughs) I can't think
1: of a better drum. So a marching snare drum has uh, 10 lugs. Um, So that means that there's 10 points that you need to tighten around the drum equally to make sure that the drum head is going to be tuned consistently. Yes. Yes, absolutely.
0: Are we piggybacking? We're piggybacking. (laughs) Okay, great. So so also, it's really important, like Matt said, is you want it to be evenly tuned. So in order for that to happen, um, if you can visualize this, right? there's the shell of the drum, which um, just has like a kind of almost like a, not sharp, but a pointed kind of um, edge around the top. And what we do is we're going to sit our drum head on top of that. And then what we're going to do is we're going to set a metal rim on top of the drum head. And that metal rim is going to pull. Once we tune it, it's going to pull down on the ring that, that, that is the drum heads like kind of metal ring around it. It's going to pull down on that ring. And the more that it pulls down on that ring, the more that the head will be stretched out against the shell of the drum and it'll have a higher pitch, right? But, um, you know, most people, I think that, well, that's about it, isn't it? You put the head on, you tighten it up, and you're good to go. But the thing that people don't really think about when they think about tuning a drum is pitch.
1: Absolutely. And,
0: right, and of course there's other things we're going to talk about as well that, that make a good sounding drum. But what us drummers, and I know that, well, Matt and I for sure, but I'm sure all drummers, is we really take into account what the pitch of the head is. And in order to have a really nice sounding drum, you need those 10 points that Matt just talked about on a snare drum, for example. Those 10 points need to all be tuned to the same pitch. Yes. So it takes a really good ear um, to do. So, Matt, what's the first step? We're, we're, we've got the head on. We've got the rim on. We've, we've, I'll, I'll say the first step. We've got the head on. We've got the rim on. And now we've taken our little, like the little tension rods that go into the lugs and we've just finger tightened them around
1: exactly yes so finger tight is is the way i like to start and i like to get the the rim sort of set on the drum head and get equal tension all the way around before i even pull out the drum key Um, and then just this just establishes like a very even and solid baseline and while i'm doing this i like to put something that's uh, weighted a little bit in the very center of the drum Um, that could be uh, something like a wallet maybe something a little bit heavier or if you don't have anything, sometimes I just press down right on the center, just very gently with my fingers so that there's just a little bit of pressure pushing up on the rim. And that's going to allow me to finger, tight, finger tighten the, the lugs so that I have even attention across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once I uh, sort of establish that baseline, I'm just going to go around with my drum key and I'm going to start to tighten uh, each lug the same amount. Um, in a sort of a star-like pattern. Uh, or I guess with a, a 10, ten lugs on the snare drum, I guess it's a, a rather complicated star.
0: <laughs> but think of, it, think of it like a clock.
1: Like a clock, yeah. You're kind of starting at the top and then jumping down to the bottom and then you go to the left and then you jump across. So you're kind of uh, jumping the middle each time so that you're getting even, a, even tension a, a, across the board. Um, yeah. Then once, I, once the head is kind of set and there's a little bit of a, a tone when you hit the drum head, because, um, Hillary, as you know, before <laughs> we actually start using the drum key and we just finger tighten the drum head, if you were to strike it with a, a drumstick, it would sound like kind of hitting a, a really hard pillow, just like a. Yeah, like, there's no. Yeah, bleh, exactly. Bleh, 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 bleh. Bleh.
0: And that's a good one there. Bleh.
1: Bleh. There's no bleh. there's no sound to it. There's no bleh. resonance and all <laughs> that. But as we start to use the, the drum key to tighten up the drum head, we're going to start to get this very kind of low tone, like a boom boom. Yeah. Um, once, we're, once we're there, um, sometimes if we're using a, a, a high tension or if we're tuning a high tension drum, we can kind of change up the pattern a little bit and just start to tune in a, in a loop and, and not do the crossover method. Um, and that's just going to sort of speed things along and, and help us keep the, the, the pitch consistent as we uh, tune. As Hillary mentioned a few moments ago, it's very important that each lug is tuned to the same tightness so that it's pulling down on the head the same amount. A lot of people on the surface level, they might think that a drum head really produces just one sound when you strike it or one pitch, one tone when you strike it. Um, But if you actually are uh, holding your stick and you're tapping right next to each of the lugs on the drum head, you're going to get a little bit of a different pitch if the uh, lug that you're playing in front of is a little bit tighter or a little bit looser. And when we have these um, lugs that are sort of out of balance or out of tune with each other, the drum head's going to produce these sort of nasty overtones, kind of like playing um, like two notes side by side on the piano, like an E and an F. It's going to produce this sort of ugly uh, dissonant sound. Yeah, absolutely.
0: It's just going to be this cacophony of all these pitches that are kind of happening at each point of the drum head. And if those points aren't tuned to the same pitch, then that's exactly what it's going to be. It's going to be that dissonant kind of ugly Ho, wo, 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 sound that you get in those overtones that kind of, you know, I mean the best, you know, I think the best example of that is when you have two like guitar strings that are slightly off from each other and you can really hear that Ho, wo, 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 kind of wave in the sound waves. Right. <laughs> I guess. Um, so it's important to make sure that they're all the same. And like Matt said, the best way we do that, or the best, the way that I do that is I like to put a wallet right in the center to deaden all the overtones, just Doom. And then go around. And I have, a, I don't, Matt, what's your tuning uh, drum pattern? Like, what's your, what's your rhythm?
1: What's my rhythm? I think I usually do three yeah. notes. I go, bop, bop, bop.
0: Oh, that's my That's rhythm. your rhythm? Yeah, yeah. I go, da, 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 da. Yep. So I'll go, um, I, I'm, I'm going to, for the sake of this, because it's an audio medium, an oral medium, I will use different pitches to showcase which lugs I have moved to. Okay? I'd go like this. Da-da-da, 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 Okay, that one's a little, and then we're going to fix that. da da da-da-da, da Oh, that one over there is a little, okay, we're going to fix that. And you kind of work your way around the drum. Something that Matt pointed out to me recently, not recently, but a few years ago, is how much the lug across from it affects it. Yes. So you don't want to just tune lug A to lug B on the right and lug C on the left. You also want to tune it to like lug F all the way across the drum because that's going to affect that. So I kind of think of it almost like a peace symbol.
1: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great uh, that you rotate. visual.
0: Thank you very great much. Visual. That you rotate around the drum because you're focused on, if I'm focused on this one, that means I'm also focusing on the one to the right and to the left of it and the one immediately across from it. And then that kind of focus is going to shift around the drum, right? As you move to the next one and, and you're always coming back. And then when you get to that point of like, Okay, I think this is almost done. Then you got your wallet or your hand in the center, or whatever, and you're just working around the whole thing. Nice, sounds great. Uh, but Matt, I would think that we can uh, swiftly move now into that kind of tone of the drum and uh, the importance of tuning the bottom head. Yes.
1: So there's uh, two heads on most drums. We have the batter head, right. which is the top head that we strike with our sticks, and the bottom head is called the resonant head. Um, and that's what's going to resonate after we strike the drum. Um, it'll give it sustain, it'll give it warmth, and it really is responsible for uh, the tone that's created um, by the drum. Um, so when you're tuning a resonant head, so that's the head on the bottom of the drum that you're not going to strike, it's important that you're not like bashing the center of that head like you would the top batter head because it's very delicate. It's a very, very thin material a lot of the time. Um, Our resonant heads are typically thinner than our batter heads. Um, Our batter heads can often be uh, like a two-ply material, but our resonant Mm -hmm. heads are a one-ply material. And the reason why they're a little bit thinner is because it allows them to vibrate a little bit easier. You see, when you strike the top of a, uh, or the batter head of a drum, it's going to create vibrations and it's going to move air through the drum. And the vibrations that move through the shell of the drum as well as the air that travels through the drum that gets pushed through when we strike the drum are going to cause that resonant head to vibrate. And that's going to change the tone of the drum very substantially. Um, Mm -hmm. So like I said, a resonant head gives you sustain. uh, It changes the tone. And the thicker the resonant head, the more resonance you're going to get. Um, So on a snare drum, we typically have a very, very paper thin, or maybe even thinner than paper, resonant head because we don't want a very right. long resonance. We want a sharp sound. Ta, ta. And essentially, the, the resonant heads of a snare drum are there simply to um, make the snares on the bottom of the drum have something to vibrate against to give you that snare drum sound that tss, 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 that you get from that bottom head. Right.
0: Um, I and like actually, I think a good kind of not example, but a good example of this is um, I was putting together the drums for the junior redcoats at the beginning of the season. And I was going to have, at the time, I was going to have five snare drummers. And so I was like, well, I've got four drums and I've got a fifth drum, but I've got a bunch of broken heads. So I was like, what am I going to do? So I found just for the time being, I found an old uh, top head that had been used, but not broken. And I had to put it on the bottom of this snare drum and the sound of it is terrible. Just like absolutely terrible. And especially because, like Matt was saying, the snare wires, um, they're having to resonate on something that isn't going to resonate as much. So it's got a real like empty sound, a real like, I won't say like a tight emptiness um, with just like a tiny doosh, doosh, doosh at the end. And it sounds like a tom trying to be right. a snare. And the only reason why is because it's got the wrong head. Right. Box.
1: It's too thick.
0: It's, and that's just how important that bottom head is. But like we said, especially on a snare drum, because you really need those snare wires to be um, at, like resonating appropriately.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And if if you can obviously situationally use a batter head on the resonant side, but with those thicker heads, you're gonna have to hit the top head so much harder to just get any sort of vibration on that bottom head. And right. you know, if you're putting a head that's too thick on the bottom, you might actually start to, um, sort of break the sound of the instrument, I guess. Um, distort the, the the drum by by hitting it too hard. Um, right. Which can also obviously break your top head too.
0: <laughs> and here, here's something that I haven't um, thought about. <laughs> I'm just thinking about it now, but I don't think I've ever, other than... No, I don't think I've ever touched... Oh, no, that's not true. Other than putting a blanket into my bass drum, I don't think I've ever touched the like front face, like the front head of my bass drum in my... Yeah,
1: drum um, so... I don't think, I, haven't thought I, don't think that. I have either. And I think there's a reason for that. When, when, when a resonant head is tuned lower uh, to a pitch that's lower than the batter head, it's going to create a bit of a pitch bend. You're going to have the attack, which is a little bit higher, and the resonance is going to be a lower tone, which I think is more pleasant typically for a bass drum. Um, I remember yeah. – uh, actually, no, I, I do remember now. This is probably about 15 years ago after we went to California uh, – with uh, with the Burlington Teen Tour Band, uh, we each got to keep the drum head that we used in the parade. Right. And at the time, I played bass. I was bass four, uh, which happened to be a 24-inch bass drum. And I had an oversized bass drum on my drum set at home, which was 24 inches. So I actually put that uh, marching uh, Rose Bowl oh, really? bass <laughs> drum head on my drum set at home. And right. I tuned it like I would tune a marching bass drum head. Uh, and,
0: right. and it created
1: right. this horrible tone to my bass drum at first because it was too tight. It was actually a little bit higher than my uh, batter head on the bass drum, which created this pitch bend in these sort of upwards direction. You had this like boom, 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 boom every time yeah, you struck, yeah.
0: don, don, don. which is not
1: how you want a bass it's drum. It's interesting. Just sound, you kind,
0: you kind of want not. like a,
1: a thud. And if there isn't uh, a resonance, you do want it to be maybe a little bit lower than, than the attack.
0: That's very interesting. I didn't even know you were playing bass drum in, in uh California. Yeah,
1: it was like a really last minute thing. I was put on just before the tour because they wanted more bass drums.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, my my uh my my uh mom like framed my snare head with the sticks like crisscrossed above it in like Love a shadow that. box. Yeah, it's really cool. Like a felt-backed like shadow box. It's hanging in our uh, well, it's hanging in their basement. I wonder if I should. How steal have I not this. seen that? Should I go? Well, I mean, I think you probably have that. seen it, but maybe you don't remember. It's in the yeah, in the pool room right. in their basement. Um, but maybe I'll just go there one day and take it. I, th- I don't even know if they'll notice. I'm sure <laughs> they will. <laughs> I'm sure they will. They go down to that Teen Tour Band Shrine at least right, once right, day, yeah. I'm
1: sure. Yeah, for sure.
0: That's hilarious. But yeah, so also another important thing with the tuning of a drum is um, picking the correct drum head. And there are, um, like, you know, for the like I, I was saying to Matt before the podcast even started, I was like, you know, there's a difference between a bad sounding drum and a good sounding drum. But after that, it's really up to you and what you want your drum to sound like. 100%. Um, Obviously, the size of the drum will dictate the appropriate range of pitch that your drum will produce. That's why a bass drum is big. And that's why a rack tom is small. And then the next one's a little bit bigger. And then the floor tom's a little bit bigger, right? Because you're supposed to have that change in pitch. Or whatever. So you want to have that. uh, Or sorry, I should say that will already dictate the pitch you're going to get essentially from your drum. But the other things that you can decide is with a drum head. Do I want it to be kind of light? Do I want it to be kind of dull? Do I want it to um, have a uh, sharper sound, right? Uh, or a not such sharp sound, like articulate? And there's a bunch of different heads that can uh, provide those options Absolutely.
1: For you. Um, so when we're, when we're looking at attack, uh, so that the attack is, yeah. is the, the, the sound that you get when a stick strikes the drum head. And that'll change depending on what type of head you're using. Um, I think probably the most easiest to, to visualize is the difference between clear heads and coated heads. Um,
0: yeah. Which are as, they, as sound. they
1: sound. Clear heads.
0: Clear. You can, you can yep, uh,
1: exactly. And a clear will produce a clearer, cleaner attack. Uh, it's, it's brighter. It's a little sharper. Um, so I guess uh, the, the appearance is also synonymous with, uh, with the sound it's going to create on a batter head. Uh, whereas a coated yeah. head has more of like a sandpaper-like texture. You've probably seen them on snare drums before. And if you're ever playing with a wire brush, you can uh, sort of brush the wires across that sandpaper-like texture and get a really beautiful sound.
0: Yeah, it... but, and, you, and and for that reason, you'll never see a clear head on a yeah,
1: snare drum. Pr- pretty, pr-
0: because those brushes are really a snare drum thing, right? 100%.
1: percent. Um, yeah. And, and some, uh, some musicians even like to put... Uh, Coated heads uh, all across the drum set. I love using coated heads across the whole drum set because they're a little bit more muffled. Um, they're a little, they produce a little bit of a warmer sound, and the attack isn't quite as bright. It's not as intense, um, so you don't hear that sort of stick on mylar sound when you're listening to someone playing a drum set that's using uh, coated heads.
0: Right, definitely, and, and um, yeah, and like Matt also mentioned before, that with the bottom head you can have uh, single ply or double ply top head, um, the batter head. But I mean, even a single ply batter head is thicker than a single ply resonant head. Cause those are really meant to be thinner, but I mean, uh, not so much, definitely not snares, but I don't know if that's hundred percent true on Tom's. I feel like they're fairly similar, but, um, same as before is it's like, you got a clearer sound with a, uh, um, single with a single ply and your double ply, you're going to get more of that richer, thicker sound because there's just more material. Yeah. There's more, more material. Um, there's more oomph. Our um, marching drums, the toms, our marching toms, they are uh, thick. You would no. never put those heads on a drum set. That'd be insane. Because they really get cranked, right? They really get cranked up for really high sounds. And um, they need to be super bouncy. Yeah, play absolutely. Really fast.
1: Actually, let, yeah, let's, let's flip over and talk about some, uh, some marching yeah. drum heads. So um, do you want to talk about what we use at Teen Tour? So, Yeah,
0: let's do that. I mean that's our best. That's our
1: best. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So we use Remo drum heads at Teen Tour. Um, Our snare drums on the batter head, so that's the top side that we hit, uh, use White Max, Um, and this is a a Mylar and a a Kevlar or something that's called Technora um, weave. So it's it is a two ply drum head. The top is this synthetic weave that uses, um, I'll call it Kevlar for now. It's like this um, bulletproof fiber um, that makes up the top layer of the drum head. And the bottom layer, yeah. the, the layer that we don't see, uh, is a Mylar. So it's like a softer kind of um, plastic. And it's a, it's a very expensive drum head. The White Max are like 70 bucks, um, which is yeah. uh, pretty pricey if you th- if you put a stick through it. but it is made of a bulletproof material. So it is a little bit challenging to do so that they do have quite the, it's, it's,
0: it's prepared, prepared to, to take, take a, a beating. beating. Yeah. And, and speaking of which actually, when you the, like the other thing is I don't think people realize as much with the marching drums is um, that like, aside from those materials being so different, like the reason why that material is that much thicker is because we tighten it Super really hard. hard, right? Like it's really high pitch. We crank that thing. If you were to put your thumb on a, kit snare or uh a, like a tom that's on a drum set and you could bend oh, yeah, the for head, sure. right regardless of how nicely it's tuned or whatever you can still put so there's some give there you will not get any give out of yeah marching you snare. you <laughs> yeah. it is like a rock
1: um and and that's actually a really great note because on our marching snare drums i really like to to sort of tune the top head more for feel then, for tone, because mm. uh, we know that the resonant head is really what's changing the tone of our drum, um, so right it, we want to make sure that when we're tuning that top head that it feels good, um, and like Hillary said, if it's too loose, it's going to have some give to it, and we're not going to have enough rebound on that head, especially with the the massive marching percussion sticks that we use mm. um, and, and on the on the flip side, if, if we're too tight, we risk breaking the head when we drum on it, and it can actually give a, a response that's too sharp. So there is that sort of middle range um, that that we're comfortable with, and I'm sure, Hillary, you can relate to how that feels. There's like a good feeling on the oh, top absolutely. head, where there's just mm-hmm. enough kind of yeah. uh, give when you strike it with a stick, but it's not so soft that the sticks, or the head's just kind of eating up the stick.
0: The two The two things that I've always noticed as like, oh, I need to retune my drum or need to fix my drum, is A, the top head feels like feels loose, like I, if you can feel, like you're saying, I can feel it. You're, you end way up working too hard, right? It, and the bounce, exactly, exactly, and or too too, it's too tight. Yeah, and yeah, that like actually
1: hurt, starts to hurt.
0: And I remember you telling, yeah, I remember you telling me at a time where you did like a parade yeah. with the drum tuned too, too tight, and afterwards your wrists were like, oh, they
1: they hurt Damn. so much because <laughs> it is like drumming on a rock. Yeah,
0: and then oh, it is, yeah, and then the other uh, thing is when t- like. Pitch-wise, tonally, you feel like your top head and your bottom head are combating yes. against each other, and it's that kind of almost that dissonant, dissonant, but like kind of dead, and you don't feel like it's just that pure hit. And here's a nice pa. It's just kind of this like
1: hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, you did. I feel like
0: I yelled that. Creating <laughs> 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 yeah, exactly. that one
1: one voice dissonance.
0: <laughs> yes, I'm really trying. <laughs> But lo- those were the, always the two things that was like this that exactly. this still needs to be tuned um, for me. And sometimes I'd be like, I'm not getting enough snare or whatever. And there's a whole system with involving a pencil and like a tiny screwdriver to adjust each individual snare yes. wire on a marching <laughs> snare, which That's is for another, for another day. day.
1: Um, but I guess we could talk about <laughs> yeah. the bottom head uh, briefly. Um, since uh, yeah. most of my experience with tuning drums comes from t- uh, tuning a-, a marching drum line. Uh, and we have like eight, nine, 10 snare drums sometimes. Uh, we need to make sure that all those drums sound exactly the same. Um, and since the tone of those snares really does come from the bottom head, uh, we like to tune to a consistent pitch uh, on that bottom head, uh, which is very, very high. The, the bottom head of the snare uh, for these marching snares, uh, we use a Phalum's drum head, which is a single ply Kevlar um, that just has like a really... Uh, like a protective coating over it. It's not a second ply. It's just sort of protects the fibers from getting torn. And uh, right. we tuned to, uh, I, I think, what do we do, Hillary? A D, D5. Yeah.
0: Oh, gosh, yeah, that's all you. Every time, every time we tune drums, I say, hey, Matt, what do you want again? Yeah. D5? Yes, okay. I'm pretty <laughs> sure
1: it's a D5. So it's a very, very high pitch. Uh,
0: but I'm also, like, I don't think people realize that we're even tuned yeah, to exactly. a specific pitch. Because because we have a bunch of people, they're all playing the same drum, it has to sound the same. So not only can they be dissonant to their own drum, 100%. they can be dissonant to each other. So that's why it's really important that we have them all and the same pitch. And speaking of which, I know you're not done this thought, but I would love for you also, once you've done this thought, to talk yes, a bit about marching I, I bass drums. Yes, I would
1: love to. They are a whole different animal. Yes. <laughs> whole different yeah. animal for sure. Um, yeah, so we want We definitely want to avoid producing those overtones. And and earlier we were talking about making sure that all those lugs were perfectly in tune with each other. Uh, on the resonant head, especially on the snare drum, it's going to make a huge difference if one of those lugs is out of tune. Um, and when all of them are in tune, the snare is also going to vibrate a little bit more, and you just get this nice, beautiful crispness. Uh, that's
0: well, you get to start exactly. to hear the shell properly.
1: Exactly. Um, it, the marching snare drum can produce a beautiful, warm sound, when it's tuned properly, um, but it can also sound like you're playing on a plastic Fisher Price toy if it's not tuned correctly. Uh, so it is—it is, it is really—it yeah. is delicate, and there's so much pressure yeah. um, that's built up between those heads, which is why we have those massive, massive tension rods that help to protect the wood of the shell so it doesn't just collapse in on itself.
0: Right, right, <laughs> yeah, All, bigger drums. Uh, so bigger Hillary
1: brought up the the bass drums, which is actually. A, a whole other challenge when we're tuning, because with marching bass drums, we actually strike both sides of the drum. So they're both batter heads, but they're also both resonant heads. Um, so it's super, super, super important when we're tuning a bass drum for not every single, not only every lug has to be in tune with every other lug, but the, the, the left side of the bass drum has to be perfectly in tune with the right side of the bass drum. Otherwise we get that pitch shift that we talked about with the, the drum kit bass drum. So so noticeable. noticeable because way those noticeable. marching bass drums—they really yeah. do ring. And if there's a slight yeah. uh, tonal difference between both sides of the head, um, you're going to get this like really ugly kind of boom mm-hmm. sound when when you strike it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, 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 I tried it. my best. I, I was inspired by by your <laughs> uh, at, attempt at communicating distance yes. for sure.
0: Dude. Um, <laughs>
1: so, again, we are tuning to pitches. Uh, our marching bass line, we've had as many as seven bass drummers all tuned to a different pitch. Uh, and we like to tune in minor thirds with the highest bass drum starting at the same pitch that we tune the bottom uh, head or the resonant head on our snare drums, which is our D5. Minor and thirds down. Minor
0: third down, 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 down. And also, like we said before, um, the drums are different sizes, right? So you, you won't be able to tune base would, 7 to a D5. It just will not yeah, get that Yeah, you would break the range. head
1: long before you ever got there. <laughs> and Long if you tried-
0: before. <laughs> uh, so it's like each of these pitches that we're giving to these drums, this drum was meant for that pitch. So when you get it in that spot, it's just like, It is
1: so it beautiful.
0: Is beautiful. <laughs> boom, boom, ba doom And then the high ones have such a nice resonant, just ding, 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 ding. And it's just, oh, man. It's listening to a bass line that's perfectly tuned. Doing some runs is so 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 nice.
1: It's really it's so satisfying. I think my favorite sound in the drum line is is a nicely tuned bass line that can pull off some great split parts.
0: It's like that or a nice clean snare roll throughout the entire like line.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I love that too.
0: Both, both, both. Of those are really up there for me. Yeah, yeah. it's hard to pick. We should honestly. do a top
1: ten, uh, <laughs> top ten drum sounds podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that. And, and but and, but we won't be able to get the files. For yes, them, so that's right.
1: That's right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think I think my uh, my number five is probably <laughs> beautiful. Beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah, and my number four is probably don't, da, don't, 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 don't. Yeah, I, th- I
1: agree. I, agree. Um, I, d- <laughs> I do know that some uh, so like high school bands in the States and some drum cores, uh, if they're using maybe five bass drums or if they're using four, um, I know sometimes they'll use a different tuning structure than the, the minor thirds all the way down. Um, I've heard of some groups who use four right. bass drums kind of creating like a, a minor seventh chord. Uh, going like a minor, major, minor oh, yeah. as they go up. Uh, and they maybe even tune right. that depending on the the show that they're doing. So maybe there's uh, a lot of pieces in B-flat yeah. uh, concerts. So they kind of tune around that so that they're creating that um, that B-flat minor seventh chord.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that makes sense because if you hear like, you know, if people hear how a bass line is put together because it's so resonant um, and because they do the split parts where each individual drum will play, uh, one note in a melody right and that's what it is it's a melody so if, imagine how terrible it would be if a, a trumpet in the band <laughs> yeah, started playing exactly in a different key it's 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 kind of the same idea but not nearly as noticeable as a trumpet playing in the wrong key but it has the same kind of idea right and, and you want your bass drummer the bass line should be treated like really, yeah. one player right it's one instrument so when that instrument is at a tune which could just be one of the drums is that a tune it's going to throw off the whole melody of the bass line, and that's going to throw off the whole overall tonality of the song. So very important. I mean, uh, you could, Matt mm-hmm. and I have a very important job <laughs> tuning these, drums, which is, I mean, really Matt's the, the mastermind behind it. And, uh, I'm more like his, um, uh, well-equipped <laughs> lackey.
1: I'd say you're a little more than that, Hillary. <laughs> yeah.
0: Maybe I'm more than that. I'm more than that. But, but still, it's just kind of like, Hey, you want this? Yeah, do that. Okay. I'll do this. Yeah. yeah, And then I just do it. <laughs> yeah. Because I know how to do it, but still um, yeah it's awesome, so uh, we'll end this off with just like a few fun tips about tuning drums um, that we haven't covered um, i I know that like we've covered a lot of it, so I think it's hard for Matt and I now to think of some of these tips, but well, Matt, why don't you? Uh, so uh, with the, first the
1: marching percussion um, tuning we're usually using really high tensions, very, very high tensions, so uh, what we like to do is we like to s- make sure that we clean our lugs before we put them on our drums so there's no dirt or dust um, in the little grooves of the lugs, which is going to maybe strip uh, the, 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 uh, the, the casing on the inside of uh, what we're screwing the lug into the tension rod. And then before we actually put the lug inside the tension rod to start tightening, we like to dip it in just a little bit of Vaseline uh, to kind of grease it up and make it much, much easier to adjust because as we start to get to the really high tensions, the lugs can start to get really, really rigid. And if there's dirt in there and if, and if it's not greased up, sometimes they seize up and they don't like to move. And if, if the lug suddenly jumps uh, a large amount, when we're at a high tension, it can even break the head. So the, the Vaseline helps us to have a little bit more control over the adjustment and make everything a lot smoother and, and nicer.
0: If you're tuning a, a head, like if you're tuning the actual lug at a, and it hasn't been. Sometimes you get this like, yeah. and it's like the friction, right? Of it fighting against. And when you yeah. start to hear that, you're like, nah, that's not great. So, it, it, and it also helps when we want to replace the head and we want to get them out, right? And then it just helps to make that happen. Also, um, the other thing is on drums, especially snare drums, marching or drum set, um, you will be doing a lot of like rim shots and you're going to be playing a lot of, you know, and what's going to happen is your sticks are going to chip um and if you're in a marching line and your sticks are taped then you're going to get a bunch of wood chips and tape all glued together on that small yeah. channel between the rim and the head so when you're changing your head um it's a good idea to really get in there and clean the rim properly clean the the like edge of the shell as well just to make sure that when you reset your head you're not going to be resetting on tape and broken stick Absolutely. pieces and little like wood shards right it's, you want to make sure that all of that is like clean connection all the way around. You want the head to have a clean connection on the shell. You want the rim to have a clean connection on the head. So always cleaning in between changing heads is important as well. And then other thing, I don't know if you knew this, Matt, I was just thinking, this is a fun fact about tuning. I'm not a fun fact. More you your th- 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 <laughs> to my core. Those
1: are very opposites. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not fun. Not fun. Is everything that we do, all drum heads. Okay. All drum heads. And like I said, some hardware use a drum key. Universal, right? It doesn't matter the company. Universal,
1: except for Timpani, except they use a different size key.
0: It's the yep. same thing, but a little bit bigger. And it's just like, in what world? <laughs> why? What, why? Why not just do what? Why not just do what everyone else is doing? If all these drum companies can figure it out together, why can't you? <sighs> yeah, uh, getting worked up about it again. <laughs> the amount of times that I forget. And I go, oh, great! I'm going to show up early and tune this timpani head. And then I get there, I'm like, right, I don't right. own a timpani key. Brutal, brutal. Oh, this is funny. I also, <laughs> just talking about um, tuning is just to 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 know that your drum is is tuned properly. Like one of the biggest signs of, oh boy, this is bad. I got to start again. Is if you hold your Ooh. drum up and yeah, look at it, and it's very on bad. an angle, very bad, very bad. And the way that we avoid that is kind of how Matt said at the beginning, right? Is when you reset it, get your hand in the middle, really make sure that it sits comfy and then finger tighten all together, tighten all together, right? We really want to avoid that. I'm saying that now because I'm looking at um, <laughs> my, my uh, footrest in my living room is actually a bass drum, right? And I don't use it as a bass drum, obviously. I just use it as a footrest. And all the times of me putting my feet on it and shifting it, I'm looking at one of the lugs and it is Damn. totally bent. And it is just, and the whole rim is just shifted over and it like, it's making me cringe, even though I, I think it's so cool though that
1: you have a bass drum as a footstool.
0: <laughs> yeah. I've been really looking to get, um, like a circular cushion for it right now. I'm using a right. square cushion and it's just like, not quite the same, but it's tough to find one that fits this, uh, it's funny. Cause, cause I number, use a footstool
1: as a bass drum on my drum set. So you might have my bass drum and I have your footstool.
0: <laughs> oh, well, that's, what, oh, that's what's been happening. <laughs> That's hilarious. This whole time you're just like. Yeah, <sings> gotta go to Ikea, get <laughs> another bass drum.
1: <laughs>
0: <Cool>. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, uh, Matt, I mean that was pretty pretty good. We got I think we got a lot of uh some of the interesting facts facts about uh, tuning drums. I know that it's um yeah a kind of a world that nobody knows about. And people often uh, they understand why pitched instruments need to be tuned. But uh, I'm glad that we maybe shared a little bit of why drums it's also very maintained. important. It is very very important. So uh, very good. Um, uh, Matthew, what what am are you listening, I
1: listening to? to? Well, right now I'm listening to the sound of your voice.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, um, my favorite. <laughs> so I guess recently I've been trying to uh, just explore a little bit more of my musical tastes. Um, so I, I've stumbled across some uh, yeah. some more synth oriented groups. Um, I recently listened to um, the discography by M83 um
0: oh yeah nice yeah yeah it's, uh, it's, it's, like it's uh
1: got a lot he's got a lot of really really great tracks i stumbled across his uh, music just accidentally on an instagram story someone posted an instagram story or like a tiktok or something like that with that with his song in it and i went oh that's pretty groovy i'm gonna listen to it and then i listened to everything
0: it's awesome there you go um, I, I never, not never, but I, uh, every year I create a playlist just based on new music that I discovered that year. Um, new to me, it doesn't have to be new that year. Uh, and so I've been, you know, compiling my 2021 playlist. It's not that long yet, but one song on there that I just, every time it comes on, I'm like, Ooh, yeah, yeah. Is, um, don't wanna. Okay. Hame
1: I'll have to check Hime. it out.
0: H-A-I-M. Yeah. It's just got, it's just like, I, I'm really into this kind of like almost like a synth pop kind of like there's like you know synthesizers in it nice um but like with female vocals it's something that i really love like one of my favorite bands that, right. that kind of fits that genre is fickle friends love fickle friends um so it's kind of has that feel um and i think it's pronounced Heim. and Heim did a uh, did a Ooh. song with uh, taylor on her most recent album so they're really starting to they're starting, they're starting to, to come to, up you know come up which is great yeah i'd heard of them before but now i'm like starting nice. to get into them a little bit more and that song is Will just do. so great so give that one a listen All right, Matt, awesome. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast and thanks everyone for listening. Um, We'll see you. And just in case you haven't noticed, we're now posting podcasts every other week. See you in two weeks. We will see you in two (laughs) weeks. Bye. Perfect. Thank you again for listening to another episode of our podcast thanks again to Matt for coming on and uh, sharing his wisdom uh, when we tune drums it really is quite the quite the experience it's uh, there's pizza involved uh, usually about four hours. Uh, it takes. And, uh, not Malcolm and I just kind of crushed some drum heads, which is awesome. Uh, not crush. I should say T- uh, finesse, <laughs> we finesse some drum heads for four hours straight. All right. Well, uh, make sure you follow us on Instagram and you like us on Facebook, check out the blog, weekly blog on our website at crash And, uh, yeah, you'll see some new, uh, videos from the vault. Well, I guess old videos from the vault, uh, in the upcoming weeks. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye.